All right, well, welcome back to the uh, to the channel, to the show. Um, this is another episode of A Nugget from Scripture. Um, it's actually the third time recording this. The first time I just kind of lost my train of thought and, uh, you know, I lost my train of thought. And the second time it, it was all right. But then as I was kind of going through the, you know, thinking about things and thinking what I had, um, what I had talked about in the second one, I decided that I kind of wanted to change it and also add um, some things. It doesn't change the uh, the meaning of the lesson or the story behind it or anything like that. But um, I think it, I think this is going to end up being better. So, um, you know, uh, in our church, we go through um, the Bible systematically, book by book, chapter by chapter. Um, that was um, the way that Pastor Chuck Smith, the founder of the Calvary Chapel Churches, uh, did his studies um, later on in life. Originally, he started doing topical studies. And the reason um, that he stopped doing the topical studies, or uh, uh, he didn't stop altogether, but he started doing the expositional um, verse by verse instead of just the topicals is it forces you to um, really study the whole word to get the whole counsel of God and not just pick what you want to talk about or, um, you know, what makes you feel good. You have to you have to teach on everything, even if it's hard, if it's convicting um, and if it's something that's unpopular. Uh, if you teach through expositionally, um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, you have to teach the whole word. So in our church, we're going through John. We started going through John a couple months ago um, and I did. Um, a lesson a couple of weeks ago or uh, an episode of a nugget from scripture a couple of weeks ago in John um, in actually in chapter six. So it might've been two Sundays ago that uh, I did um, a nugget for uh, after our church service. And then this week is, it's another um, it's from this last past Sunday's uh, lesson. And um, anyway, I kind of got distracted there too, uh, but that doesn't change anything. Um, it's five, no, I'm sorry, seven verses in uh, in the book of John. John chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. So in the first 14 verses of Scripture, um, we have the miracle of the 5,000, Jesus feeding the 5,000. And that in its of itself was, after studying it and learning about it in church, after listening to my pastor um, preach on it and then going through and reading some other commentaries on it, the... Um, the impact of what happened here is beyond what I think most people think of when they read, because we're just looking at a couple of paragraphs, right, on a, on a, on a piece of paper, um, and we tend to kind of gloss over maybe and uh, not appreciate fully what actually happened there. Well, uh, the same goes for verses 15 through 21, which records Jesus walking on the sea, um, and I don't know how many times I've read this, uh, because you know they always. Um, most churches teach, including this one, to follow or to um, suggest to new believers to uh, read through the book of John um, because it's it's easy reading in terms of how it's written. It is fairly easy reading, but it's also, uh, the more you study it, a very complex book. Um, and as uh, J. Vernon McGee, the commentator, says that uh, he believes that John is one of the most difficult books, even though it might be easy reading, like easy to comprehend and understand. It's one of the most in-depth Gospels uh, of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because technically the whole Bible is a Gospel. It is all a story of the good news. It all leads to uh, the birth uh, and death and resurrection of Jesus on the cross and the second coming. Um, but as far as the four Gospels, um, John McGee says is one of the most difficult because there's a certain section of 
of scripture there's several chapters and I, it may be six through nine or six through ten i don't remember i didn't look that into that to see what he said exactly before i started this but he said that there might as well be a sign hanging on them that says for christians only because it's not going to make a lot of sense to um to people that are new believers uh and that haven't any, spent any time studying in the word and in fact we talked about this last night um at our men's bible study kind of in preparation for easter and because we had postponed our men's study our usual men's study for some new believer counseling training um and you know somebody said well look at the first verse just the first verse of the book of john john 1 1 is you know in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and you know mind blown if um you know if if you don't know anything about the scripture. What does all of that mean? And then take the first five verses continuing on. He says, in the beginning, God was the word. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made. That was made in him was the life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. That is just like some super in-depth stuff. And while it might seem easy to read, but there's a lot um, There's a lot of information in there. And if you're new, um, it can be confusing. So that's kind of off topic, but where I'm going with this is there's things in here because this is a really popular book um, to read and study and to give out to new believers. I don't know how many times I've read this. That's my point in all this. I don't know how many times I've read this book in particular and uh, much less this portion of scripture. And each time, obviously, you know, because the, 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 um, the Bible is alive. The word of God is alive. The spirit is working. You can read something multiple times in here and maybe it doesn't make sense or you don't catch it. Well, the same thing happened two weeks ago when I did the the um, the first 14 verses, um, speaking of the miracle of the 5,000. And well, now we're going to look at seven more verses that um, is kind of the same thing. It's something that you read and you don't necessarily put a whole lot of thought into it, but this is also where context and reading what's going on around comes into play. So we got seven verses here. We're going to start in um, John chapter six, verse 15, go through 21. Um, Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening had come, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when uh, they rode about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. So now reading this, you're like, okay, this is another miracle. This is something that was important to John. He points out eight, um, eight acts that happen, um, eight works uh, that were important so this was important he pointed it out but we see it in seven verses and it's a small section of scripture it doesn't take up near as much space obviously as the 14 of feeding the 5,000 so it's just maybe something that we read or glossed over but there's a lot in here so we look at the context of everything that's going on here the crowd is following Jesus not because of who he is and what he can do for their eternal souls uh, but because they want healing they want him to do things for them now they want physical things they want signs um, you know, talked about with Nicodemus, he said, well, give me a sign or what they don't, there was no comprehension of the rebirth or of um, being born again. It was that would, everybody just wanted signs and wonders. And there were all physical things that they wanted done And this crowd that, you know, they all wanted some sort of a physical healing and they wanted to witness that. And that is where uh, in verse 15, where it says, Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force and make him a king is he wants to be the king of your lives of your hearts, of your soul, of your destiny, but they wanted him to be their king, their physical king right now because of what he could do for their physical, um, 
their physical well-being right now, whether it be health or wealth, prosperity, or, or something like that, which we see a lot of in today's world. We see a lot of the prosperity teachers teaching, you know, that um, we just need to, you know, God's our personal ATM, and we need to look to him for our health and our wealth and everything else. But everything has a divine, uh, there's a divine plan, and so everything um, has a divine purpose, and we kind of see that here. We see a really good picture. It's not kind of actually. We see a really good picture here in 15 through 21, verses 15 through 21. So um, we see here that they wanted to take Jesus and make him king, and so um, in Mark, uh, Matthew and Mark, it actually says that Jesus sent the disciples away kind of forcibly seeing the crowd drawn up. And this is not even just a small crowd of 5,000 people. Um, they had gathered together for the Passover. And so if you were to look at the, each of the men, because this is a crowd of 5,000 men, that if they brought one uh, one wife, well, obviously one wife, but if they brought their wife and one child, uh, the estimates are anywhere between 15 and 20,000 people that were at this feeding of the 5,000. So it wasn't it wasn't just 5,000 people because of... of um, it, it specifically numbers the men, but you would have men and children and women because you would have families that came for the Passover. The men would uh, clearly or obviously bring their families along for this for this journey. Um, so the people wanted um, to take Jesus by force and make him the physical king because of his healing powers, not because he, they wanted him to be the king of their of their whole life and of their souls and of their destinies, the king of their hearts. Um, it was to be a physical king to kind of do their bidding, to do their healing and give them whatever they wanted. That's what they saw. So in Matthew and Mark, it says that Jesus sent the disciples away kind of forcibly. So uh, they didn't just decide that they were going to go out. He's getting rid of them because of, of the danger that is coming um, from what the people want to do in this kind of, you know, quote unquote uprising. So he sends them away. Jesus goes into the mountains. Well, so we learn that the disciples enter into this storm. Do... Do, I mean, can, do we believe that Jesus didn't know about the storm? No, he absolutely knew about the storm that was coming. So he wasn't, uh, he was sending him away from one danger into another danger. The danger of the multitude of people trying to make Jesus king then would become pride and, and selfishness uh, because of look at what we did. And you would have to imagine like the, to be a part of this, that would help or, or cause anybody to be kind of prideful, you know, like, oh man, I was part of this uh, 12 group of people that um, Jesus you know, help to feed this 20,000 people, uh, you know, look at what we did. Um, that's the same kind of a thing that got Moses in trouble, um, not just because he struck the rock and disobeyed God's command, but he said, look at what we have done. And it wasn't him, it was God. And so all the glory needs to go to God. Otherwise, we have that selfishness and pride and we fall. So Jesus was saving them from one storm, the storm of the people and putting and they and sending them into another storm. Now, this happens a lot in our lives. After every mountaintop, there has to be or will come a storm or a trial or a tribulation um, that will cause us to give everything back to God and make sure that we remain humble and not selfish at all. But it will cause us to focus on God. And on the other side, we're going to come out. So Jesus knowingly sent them into this storm, but they were, they were faithful and they obeyed him, right? Um, and he knew that it was coming and he knew what was going to happen all along. But this was all just to build their faith. So they go out into this storm. The winds come up. The, the mountains are not mountains by what the standards of mountains are in the United States at all. Well, you know, um, where I live, we've got, you know, peaks at 10,000 feet or really close to 10,000 feet. Um, and the mountains, the mountains were more like hills with the highest points around the Sea of Galilee being about 3,000 feet uh, tall and the Sea of Galilee itself being like 700 feet below sea level. And so when the hot air 
from the day would cool and rush down to the to the sea, rush down into the valley, uh, you know, it would create these turbulent winds. It's known for very nasty windstorms. So this was all something that was, you know, predestined to happen. And Jesus knew what was going to happen, what the outcome was. So we read in, in verse 18 that the sea arose because of a great wind that was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, um, about halfway across the sea and this was this was later in the night like about three or four o'clock in the morning i believe uh, well i don't remember where it is but i believe it said that the fourth watch so we're talking about four o'clock in the morning it was dark when they went out so you know i don't know figure eight nine o'clock they've been out there for six seven eight hours rowing in this wind and they can't turn back because if they try to turn they're going to capsize they're exhausted from the day before could you imagine 12 people trying to um, be waiters for 20,000 people or 15,000 people, even the, just the 5,000, assume it was just the 5,000 men. Good luck with that. That's a lot of work. So they're tired from that. We know that emotions are running high. They're probably scared. Um, and I think that we can see that they're scared, um, not just from the storm itself, but then they see Jesus walking on the water and, and they were afraid. So we know that there's the fear of, of death and perishing in the sea, um, but everything is going according to God's plan. We will suffer the similar things where we're really high, something is going really good, something went our way, Jesus or God, the Holy Spirit is working in our lives and you know things are just happening, but then we're gonna go through a storm. And a lot of people, when they look at storms, they look at storms in the sense of a punishment you know, like a burden that they have to bear because it's so hard to follow Jesus. You know, a lot of people use that phrase, this is this the cross that I have to bear, you know, to follow Jesus. Jesus is light as yoke. Uh, yoke is light, not heavy. It's not a burden. That phrase is commonly taken out of um, context, and it means that it's a, it's a long process to sacrifice uh, ourselves to God. Like we, there's everything in life physical that we have always looked to um, for, um, for enjoyment or for pleasure or to take care of things. You know, we've always focused on ourselves. It's always been selfish, but it, it's all something earthly and physical as well and not relying on God, not having faith. Um, so we have to sacrifice that um, to God daily. But the trials and tribulations, they're not our cross. They're not burdens. Those are just things that happen naturally. With the highs, there's going to come lows. We... And, and Jesus knows that the lows are coming. God knows that the lows are coming and he is going to be with us. But the reason for the lows is to keep us from becoming prideful um, and to keep us focused on him, kind of almost to bring us back into reality, to realize that, you know, sometimes our storms are so bad that there's no physical way for us to get out of whatever the predicament, whatever the storm is. And we have to put it fully on God because that way, God can be fully glorified and there's no way that we can take credit for it ourselves. The disciples couldn't take credit for getting across the sea on their own. That was full faith, full God, full not man. In fact, we see at the end um, of this verse, it says when Jesus was walking, um, well, at the end of these verses, um, Jesus was walking on the sea, drawing near the boat and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I do not be afraid. Uh, surely they must have thought it was a ghost. Um, you know, at this point, like, I don't 
I don't know what kind of a ghost they would have thought it was. But at this point, the last thing that they were thinking about was a miracle from God. Just like I think in the feeding of the 5,000, the last thing that they were thinking about was a miracle of God to feed these people. Um, they were trying to think of it from human perspectives, which is we don't have enough money for this. Like just send them away. We can't afford this. We don't, we don't have enough money. There's not, there's not enough bread. Um, you know, this is kind of a burden. They weren't thinking about a miracle. And I think that the same thing happened here. They weren't thinking about miracles. They weren't thinking about Jesus walking on water. They were just truly scared. And so they saw Jesus and thought he was a ghost, not thinking about the miracle of him being able to take care of them. Um, so in verse 21 at the end here, it says, then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really specify whether just because it was um, calm waters that they were able to row across quickly, but I have to take this literally and it says immediately. So they were in the middle of this storm. They were afraid, but they trusted Jesus um, and he took them immediately to the other side to that safety. Jesus will always pull us out of a storm but we have to make sure that we are focused on him and putting our trust in him. It's all, all of our storms are faith building exercises. They're trust building exercises. Um, we do run into battles and trials and tribulations that are caused by our own misdoings and, and since then our judgments. But we have to remember that we're not always going to be living on the mountaintops either. We're not always going to be at the peaks. In fact, um, I, I don't know how well you can see it on on uh, on the videos, but every once in a while I wear a shirt um, and it's got some arrows on it. And what that represents is it says God is greater than the highs and the lows. He's greater than the mountains and the valleys. And he is. We can be up on the mountaintops. He will be with us when we're up on the mountaintops. He will be with us. And when we're down in the valleys, we're in the lows, we're in the storms. He is always with us there, too. But we have to make sure that we keep our faith in him. Um, you know, this, there's a lot more that could be talked about in this, I'm sure judging, especially by the fact that, um, last week on Sunday, this was like a 50 minute, um, a 50 minute lesson. There's always more, but this is why it's important to take a look at things in the broader context of what they were written and look at the events before or after. Sometimes we have to look at previous verses, previous chapters, or maybe even previous books, to get the full context of other of what's going on here, like like I said, um, John doesn't say it here. John doesn't say that Jesus sent them away. It just says that they left, um, or that they went down to the sea and got into the boat and they were going across Capernaum. Um, Matthew and Mark say that he compelled them to go. That Jesus compelled them to go. Now this isn't a contradiction. This is just uh, three different viewpoints and observations made of the same thing that happened because it doesn't change what happened at all they still at the end of the day fed the five thousand well jesus fed the five thousand the disciples ministered and served the five thousand um then they went away they got into a boat they got into a storm in the sea and jesus saved them that is um that is what happened in the details around whether Jesus sent them or they went on their own. That's not a contradiction and that's no cause for anything. It'd be like, um, you know, in a car accident, you have uh, the person in the car that got rear-ended, the person in the car that did the rear-ending, and then the person in the lane next to them. And each person um, saw and heard different things and had different experiences in this whole event. But the, the details 
remained that there was um, one person that rear-ended another and there was a car crash. Uh, that outcome isn't changed based on what you saw or heard. And so we see that, and the, the, there, that's why I say that the, the Gospels or the Bible in itself doesn't contradict each other. There are contrasts, uh, but it supplements. They, they, they're supplementary stories. John was very focused on um, the details, on the specific things or, uh, that happened. Um, the, there's a lot of events that didn't take place, but this was all leading to um, God and the resurrection, everything. I mean, it all led to it, but John was, he had a different approach to the way that he was writing it is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Um, and you can see even in the way that he opened his gospel back in um, John uh, 1.1, you know, he opened it in a completely different way and then just kind of jumps right into it. Um, but none of the details, none of these things change, but this is why it's important to change, or uh, I'm sorry, this is why it's important to keep things in context Um and we have to look at other scriptures around because if you just read this, you wouldn't get the um, the idea uh, that Jesus was sending the people away and that Jesus sent them into the storm. You might just read this and be like, well, they decided to go out on the sea and well, then Jesus had to come send them. But based on the context of everything that's going around and the, the verse in verse 15 that says that Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him a king, we can, we can you know, come to the conclusion that this uh, this was becoming kind of an uprising with what was going on. And so there was protection even then being um, brought on by Jesus. His protection in removing the disciples from that situation, even though they were still going to go into a storm, it was a better place for them to be than uh, where they would have been if they would have been caught up in this uprising and um, there would have been the opportunity for, for pride and self-centeredness to come about so it's important as always you know because this is something that really stood out to me it's important that we take the word into context and that um we really read into what it says and not just gloss over it that we actually study what it says and not just read the words on a page because i like i said up until this point i did not necessarily look at um these seven verses the way that uh that it was taught on sunday the way that it was opened up and ex exposited on uh, on sunday so that's it for this lesson no matter what make sure that you stay focused on god no matter what the storms and the trials and the tribulations bring stay focused on god and give him all of the glory and everything that happens and if he's got all the glory then we have no room for pride or selfishness so that's it for this episode as always uh if you or somebody you know would like a paper bible um you know contact me um on my email or on my website, there's a contact form on there, www.soberforchrist.com. And uh, I will send you um, a paper Bible free of charge. And all of this information will be down in the description below. And uh, New Thirst Addiction Ministry, One Step to Freedom uh, Recovery Program. Uh, I post those videos out on Sundays. And um, it's, it's a Bible study. It's a faith-based program. It's a Bible study. If you're just struggling in life, it's a great place to be. And also, I have a Zoom meeting. The information for that is on the website. Um, Zoom meeting on Tuesdays for, for the same program. I uh, just wanted to have a spot where we could maybe, you know, interact. There could be questions and answers kind of a thing going on there. Um, and it's more personal that way than just watching a video on YouTube. Um, but that, again, that's open to anyone and everyone of all ages. Um, no, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a Bible study is what it is essentially. So, um, that's it for this episode. Hopefully you, uh, we were able to get something out of it. I know after, you know, sitting through this in church, reading it again and doing some more study on it. It's 
definitely it's definitely spoken to me and hopefully it speaks to you the same way um so that's it stay grounded stay in god's word and stay blessed and have a great day